My guest today on Breakfast is Stephanie Estes, and I am stoked because she's on the new amazing Amazon show, Tales from the Loop. So we're absolutely going to be discussing friendly robots. We're also big, huge hat lovers, so we will discuss some chapeaus. And Stephanie Estes was born in Hawaii, so get ready for some island talk. So, aloha, we've got the amazing Stephanie Estes in the studio today on Breakfast. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> my uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> As you just said, you're not a prostitute. What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue collar guys. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. Some salsa and some sour cream some guacamole. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Stephanie Estes, welcome to the breakfast studio. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, we're all excited about, it came out about a week ago, Tales from the Loop. Uh, yeah. pe- people have called it thought-provoking, poignant sci-fi. What was it like shooting that? And how, what was the audition process like? Um, well, the audition process, uh, I mean, it, the casting directors were very lovely. Um, I went in once for it and then uh, flew up to Winnipeg um, and shot three episodes over the course of, gosh, four or six months. So I, I experienced all the seasons um, oh, wow. in, in Canada, ranging from uh, intense snow to uh, intense muggy heat and mosquitoes. Um, but it was, it, w- it was a really amazing experience. I, I was fortunate enough on the pilot to work with the director, Mark Romanic, um, who is a pretty renowned visual artist. He did a ton of really influential music videos in the 90s and um, sort of came up with David Fincher and Spike Jones. Um, and then I got to work. I've heard of those guys. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> um, Huge directors. And um, then I got to work with uh, Andrew Stanton. Okay. Uh, who is the direct writer, director of WALL-E and Finding Nemo. Um, yeah. That was really cool. And then for the final episode that I'm in, which I have a, a bit more uh, of a, a, a meaty storyline in that episode, um, I got to work with Jodie Foster as the director. So that was wow. uh, amazing and terrifying. I bet. <laughs> I mean, look, it's always scary. Well, for me anyway, it's scary to work with somebody who's like, you are one of the greatest of all time yes. at what you do. Not yes. only just her acting, but her directing is great too. So yeah, how, I mean... Anything fun happen when you, did you have any interact? Did she yell at you on set? Oh, no. <laughs> she was so kind. Um, I, so I knew I, she I would was, be. I, of course. I, I, I was, you know, I was extremely nervous because Jodie Foster is like one of my heroes. Um, yeah. So I showed up on set and um, there was an issue with my hair. Like they didn't, <clears throat> like the way that it was styled, it looked too done up. And so, you know, we all had to walk back to the hair and makeup trailer to sort of powwow about what was going on on my head. And um, as we were walking, she sort of uh, came into stride next to me and um, was like, hey, you know, I 
remember coming to set and, you know, there were, there would be problems with my hair or my makeup and it, it always made me feel like I had done something wrong, but I wanted to let you know that you've done nothing wrong. And I was like, it was so nice, which I knew that I knew that I hadn't done anything wrong, but you know, in those moments when you show up on set and there's an issue and it has to do with you, you can't help but get a bit flustered. Um, so it was really sweet that she took the time to, to say that to me. Okay, I think that says a couple things about Jodie Foster. One, it shows that her her heart is in the right place because she's thinking about the actors themselves. And it just shows that she's aware. Look, there's so many things that she has to think about as the director. For her to take time to do that, you're right. That's huge. And kudos to her. You're making me a bigger fan of Jodie Foster than I already was. And I didn't think I could be. (laughs) Um, And I got to talk to her a little bit about Silence of the Lambs, which was thrilling for me um, wow. um and she actually told me that that whole last um sequence when they're in buffalo bill's house and you know she had he has the night vision goggles on yeah um they shot that in one day she said wow i know that's a that seems like they would have been shooting that for about blown. a week that's crazy my mind was blown. and just such a um, great scene Oh my gosh. And legendary yes. movie, Silence of the Lambs. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I yeah. still play yeah. Goodbye Horses sometimes at my house. <laughs> I do too. Do you, do you do it in a kimono dancing in front of the mirror? I might. I might. <laughs> I, might I might too. I might have my legs crossed in a way. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no judgment for, for me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not judging at all. <laughs> I did a podcast one time where I don't know how why this happened, but I just kept bursting into singing Goodbye Horses. And I. The more I did it, the funnier it became. <laughs> you know, I some for some people, Silence of the Lambs ru- ruined that song for them, but not for me. I love that song, and I will happily sing it loudly. Thank you. Cue Lazarus yeah. in the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting back to Tales for Loop for just a second, I have yeah. to ask you, did you do any scenes with any of the robots? And Because my question is, were there robots there, or are they all cg CGI'd in? Uh, I didn't have any scenes with robots, although, and I don't want to spoil this. Yeah, don't spoil anything. anything. I'm just wondering, oh, so do you know if they, if they had actual, like, robots there, or were they CGI? Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. They, I think it was a mix of both. Okay. So I know there's um, a very cute, sort of bluish robot. Yeah, that's the one I saw um, in the trailer that's just adorable. Yeah. yeah, that one was practically made, so there were puppeteers um, on set with that one. Um, which I think they've also enhanced with CGI. And I know for, for most of the robots, they were um, physically built and then enhanced with uh, visual effects after the fact. Excellent. Which I think is very helpful. I mean, I didn't have to act in a scene with a robot, but you know, if you, if you have a, a robot head to at least relate to in a scene, yeah. it, it makes, Creates, a bit easier than completely right. acting at, at the air. Yeah, it creates part of the world, at least, so you don't have to completely yeah, imagine yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all that great stuff with us about Tales from Loop. I'm looking forward to digging into it this weekend. and awesome. uh, And, yeah, everyone else should, too. It's on, it's on Amazon Prime. And yeah. check it out, Tales from the Loop. Woo-hoo. You were also on uh, an episode of one of the most mind-trippy shows I've ever seen, and I loved it. I loved every episode. Legion, where it's, uh, you know, a lot of times hard to tell what's real. How was mm. it shooting on that type of set and that type of show? Um, I mean, I'm, I was a huge fan of the show. Um, 
my scenes were a bit more grounded in reality. There was no like psychedelic uh, dancing or, <laughs> you know, uh, mind trips happening. Um, but I, I mean, it, 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 even though it was grounded in reality, it was still very stylized. Um, the scene took place in a mental hospital. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it was, it was lovely. Um, the director was, uh, super competent and, um, the actors were all very delightful. Um, I, I sort of wish that I had been able to be in a, a scene that, you know, involved a bit more, uh, trippiness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I was so happy to, to have played the part that I did in it. Um, yeah, it was great. Excellent. It's always great. Well, it's it's great and it's weird to appear on a show that you are a fan of. Yes, right? <laughs> I agree. I did the same thing. I, I talk about this a lot. I, I was I did the uh, FX show Better Things, and oh, I was fun. such a big fan of the show. And then you know, but then you get all this pressure when you go into audition for it. Like, oh, I, I gotta get on this show. What if I don't? <laughs> yeah, that means they hate me. <laughs> and how do I deal with that if they hate me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You are also someone that's done a lot of kind of horror, suspense-type movies. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that whole process and, and those type of movies? I am a huge horror film fan, um, and I really enjoy doing them. Um, I, you know, I... I yeah, I know there are some people who who don't necessarily enjoy the genre, but um, I've really enjoyed working in it and uh, have gotten to do a lot of uh, the the uh, fun horror tropes that you hear about. You know, like the the, the laying in a pool of blood, um, getting lost in the woods as as, as a camper, being ha- being haunted by an unseen force. Um, I, I, and, and I just I I I, I don't know how to uh, what to say other than I I do just really genuinely enjoy the genre. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask you this: since you've done all those different types of things on mm. the horror type movies, what is the physically? Because you know, like you're talking about laying in a pool of blood, yeah. things can get physically uncomfortable, and you have to like maintain your position for a long amount of time. What's the most yeah. physically uncomfortable you've been on a set? Ooh, physically uncomfortable I've been on a set. Hmm. Let me, okay. This is, I was actually just talking, um, to my cousin who's, uh, 16 years old and loves horror movies. Um, and I don't necessarily tell him about all the projects that I'm working on, but, um, he was on YouTube one day and came across a a trailer of, for a horror film where there was a shot of me, um, in a barrel where there were nails being drilled into it, which was, it was then subsequently rolled down a hill. So my character got <laughs> impaled with nails on the inside. Wow. And, which, which he was like, oh my God, is that my cousin? Um, but that was extremely uncomfortable because it was, it was shooting, I think we were somewhere in the desert. I was in a barrel um, that they had built, but it was very hot. And... Um, it was a, a low budget film. So I was like, those are definitely real nails. Um, <laughs> they oh, were being drilled into the sides. And, um, uh, it, not only was it physically uncomfortable, but a, a bit mentally, yeah. uh, 
taxing. I think that would freak me out. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. So you're in Los Angeles now, but you were born in uh, Kailua, Hawaii, correct? That is correct. Tell, tell, yeah. me about, uh, tell me about your hometown in Hawaii. My hometown in Hawaii is magical. It's um, a beach town on the east side of the island of Oahu. Um, it's known for its um, pristine beaches. Um, I grew up there. My mom grew up there. Um, yeah. And it's, it, everyone's so friendly. I don't, I don't know if you've ever been to Hawaii, but, um, I have not, I have not other than the airport. Oh, only the airport. Yeah. You got uh, next, when you go hit me up for some recommendations because I, I've got them for you, but Hawaii is a truly magical place. There's, um, people talk about, you know, the word aloha. And which means like a, a sense of love, and you truly feel that in Hawaii. Wow, yeah, it seems like a magical place. And I, you know what? Here's my issue with Hawaii, and it's not an issue oh, with the state me. itself. I keep wanting to book one of those shows that shoots in Hawaii, so I don't have to pay because I'm a cheapskate. I don't want to pay for the flight to get over there. I want them to fly me over there first class. I I hear you. And now you. Hawaii Five O is going to be over, so that I that's know. gone. Now I got to depend on uh, maybe Magnum PI. I don't know. Hit me up, I Magnum PI. I want to fly to Hawaii. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I 100%. Because not only for me would I get to fly home for free, but I'd get to see my mom. I'd get to see my friends. I'd earn some mad street cred in my hometown for being on uh, Magnum PI or Hawaii Five-0 or any of those uh, those shows. It's funny because, like, I'll go home and... um, I'll see people, you know, catch up with them who I haven't seen in a while. And they're like, oh, you're, you're acting. Are you going to be on Hawaii Five-0 anytime soon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm hoping, man. <laughs> I know. I think it's the last season now. So. Yeah, I know. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Yeah. Now, so did you go to high school right there in Kailua or did you have to go? Uh, I, I went to high school in Honolulu. So okay. I went to... Um, a, a school called Punahou, which is, um, it's like a 30 minute drive from my hometown. Um, it's where Barack Obama went to school. Um, wow. shout out. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so yeah, that's where I went to high school. So I had a little bit of a commute okay. every morning. Now, what would you say the biggest difference is, uh, on a day to day, uh, basis living in, uh, Hawaii or in California? Mm-hmm. The biggest difference on a day-to-day basis, oh, the pace of, of life. I think um, in Hawaii, there's people are much more relaxed, um, and they take time to go to the beach, enjoy the nature around them. They, they, there's a saying like, you're on Hawaii time, which means, yeah, it'll get done. In a bit. Okay. So that's not just a that's not just a thing we see in movies. That's no, a real thing. No, and it's it's quite lovely. It's a it's a quite uh, a lovely change of pace when you're there. Um, so I would say the biggest difference is um, that sort of more laid back mindset yeah. um, as compared to Los Angeles. <laughs> I, I, go go go! Yeah, I always think about. I, I was I'm a big fan of that movie uh, Honeymoon in Vegas, which was a Nicolas Cage, Sarah Jessica Parker movie from the, mm. the 80s or 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pat Morita plays this character who's distracting Nicolas Cage by 
taking him somewhere, and he's just very leisurely taking him around the island, and then he <laughs> keeps taking him to the wrong place, you know, for, for reasons you find out if you're watching the movie. But yeah, he's saying stuff like that. Hey, man, uh, island time, you know, yeah, what's your hurry, yeah. all this stuff. So yeah, I always think about Pat Morita when I, when I think about Hawaii, because that character reminds me of what I think of uh, the pace of life is like in Hawaii. So good to know that it's then yes, it's uh, it accurate. Up. What was your first acting job you ever did? My first professional acting job. Or um, or the first acting or, job like, you did as a kid, you know, whatever. As a kid? Okay, as a kid, um, I think it was my mom sent me um, to a summer ca- acting camp yeah. that I participated in. I pro- was probably like six or seven. And um, I was the bear in a play called bear goes over the mountain don't know if you've heard of it sure um, <laughs> and uh the the funny thing was is that based on the song the bear goes over the mountain the, yes the yes, bear goes over the, the mountain, mountain that song the yeah, bear, yeah. yes um and my mom it's funny my mom tells me she's like you hated it you absolutely hated it and it's tr- and i i can't honestly remember doing this play but as a kid i was very introverted um, so I, I, I could understand why I, I didn't, uh, enjoy it. Um, but all that changed later in life. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Who are some yeah. of your influences? I know we talked about Jodie Foster as somebody that you, mm-hmm. that you really like, uh, other influences that you have in your acting career. Um, I really like the actress Jenna Rowland. She's legendary. Legendary. Yeah. Um, love Kate Blanchett. Uh, Nicole Kidman. Um, who else do I really love? I mean, Meryl Streep. Uh, there's also an actress who I was just talking to my friend about her the other night, Barbara Loden, who was actually married to Elia Kazan. Oh, wow. And yeah, wrote and directed this really wonderful film called Wanda, which I think it was probably in the mid 60s that she did this um and i watched this film and she's beat like just gives a beautiful performance in it and not only that but she wrote and directed it in a time when not a lot like no women were doing that and um i just found that extremely admirable and um was sort of i was talking to my friend i was like i wonder why we don't hear more about her you know especially now as we're getting to the point where we're really really celebrating um gender parity in the industry um so yeah yeah barbara loden check her out yeah wanda. i'm gonna i'm gonna check her out wanda uh so you were in hawaii now is the mm-hmm. first time you come to live in the united states is was that new york for college yes okay um yes i graduated uh from high school and then uh went to college at nyu um to the the their Tish BFA program. Ooh, we have right a t- we have a NYU Tish student Tish in the Bre- yes, the Brentford studio. We've had uh, we've had several yeah. Carnegie Mellon uh, students, so you know we're getting all the big hitting schools on the East Coast. Oh, yeah. yeah, yes. How how did you find your how was your experience at Tish? Um, wonderful. I mean, it's it's a, a great school. It was um, challenging. It was intense. Um, I think. So um, when you do their BFA program, you're put into a studio. Um, so for your first two years, you're spending three days a week in, um, 
an acting studio. So I was with the Atlantic Theater Company. So from about nine to six, I was in movement classes, voice and speech, acting, mm-hmm. performance technique. Um, and then the other two, two days of the week, we would do um, like regular college classes. So it, it was an intense schedule. Um, but I learned so much, had so many great teachers, really talented and inspirational classmates. And, um, I don't know, it, 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 it was nice studying in New York city because you already felt like you were part of this environment that was creating work and, um, you know, you felt like you were already in the middle of it, even though you were still, you know, you were still training and you were still in college. No, that makes so I really appreciated that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Do you, uh, yeah. did you stay in New York for a while after college or did you come straight out here? I did. I stayed in New York for about three and a half years after college. And then I had this sort of weird year where I was kind of in between New York and LA, not really wanting to give up the apartment situation that I had in New York. Well, I knew that like, look, a good apartment in New York. I mean, that's tough to give up. It's tough to get. So (laughs) I understand. Um, so yeah, I would say like three and a half to four years. I was there after, after I graduated. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, before we go any further, I need to talk about our yeah. breakfast for this week. Uh, you know, we weren't able to meet up in person, so we came up with an oatmeal challenge, and we just said, we you did. know, whatever kind of uh, things we have to throw in with our oatmeal that we happen to have at the house, side dishes, accoutrement we choose. So I accepted that challenge, and we both made some oatmeal. Uh, we did. You want to tell me about your uh, meal that you made? And we'll put pictures of all this on social media later, guys. Sure. I... um. I'm a little low on the ingredients that I would generally use. I I do something that is maybe a bit of an overkill, but I love making my oatmeal with oat milk, which sounds like a lot of oats going on, but it is delicious. I was out of oat milk, so I did regular steel-cut oatmeal, um, which I added some honey to, and my last banana, (laughs) which is very sad, and... um, some blueberries wow. and it was delightful nice and did you uh did you make anything else to go oh yes i did i had um this bacon that i a, a paleo bacon i don't really know what that means oh i uh, i think I, yeah so i've been trying to buy just the paleo or uh uh what's it called whole 30 bacon yeah. usually that means there's no sugar added and it's not oh what do you call it when they put all the smoke and the sugar in it it's not cured uh, it's usually uncured it's not- Uncured, yeah. yeah. I did some paleo Because that adds bacon. a lot of uh, sugar to it, is the thing. Ah, yeah. see, I was just going on the paleo trend. I really didn't know what it meant, but I just but felt good about putting it in my basket. You can't like, really is... taste any difference in the bacon, though, right? No, no. it tasted exactly like I think it bacon. might last a little, you know, it might uh, not last as long. Oh, you, that makes sense. Yeah, but that's that's about it. Um, yeah. And did you have anything to drink? I, oh, yes, I had coffee. Um which, what kind did I, uh, I use uh, Stumptown coffee. It's called Hairbender. Excellent. Um, and I made it in a French press, which, uh, it's really annoying to clean, but the coffee tastes really <laughs> it's good. It's really good, yeah. <laughs> it is a little weird when to clean, but there. worth it, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, that was my breakfast. Well, that sounds, and 
and I've seen the pictures. Uh, it looked delicious. Yeah, uh, it was. I went with um, steel-cut oatmeal, which is what we mm-hmm. had at the house. I had a few uh, blackberries and raspberries that I Ooh. threw on top. And I had uh, some... Emily Nelson, who was a guest, early Carnegie Mellon graduate, Emily Nelson, oh, yes. gave me some... Uh, some honey that was like lo- locally sourced from California somewhere, and I put I put some that. of that on top. And what did I make? Oh, I got really into. I love all types of breakfast meats, but sometimes they don't love me. And I've uh, the Beyond. Mm. Have you had the Beyond meat yet? Love it. Yeah. So they have a Beyond meat uh, breakfast, like an Italian breakfast sausage. Mm-hmm. That's kind of shit. It is phenomenal. It is so I think I eat one like every day, and then I don't feel like oh, I just put a bunch of garbage yeah bad stuff it's all vegetables and things and yeah and not only that i cooked the sausage i can crisp it crisps up better than regular sausage does i noticed that too and um the other thing is it leaves a little vegetable oil behind and then i just cook like whatever i'm making next on top of that but i don't have to use any olive oil brilliant but yeah so i had so i had the oatmeal i had the beyond sausage uh i had the the raspberries and the blackberries. I had the honey, and then what did I? Oh, I had a we had a little orange juice left, uh, so I had some orange juice with it. Yum! Did the raspberries sort of decompose in your oatmeal? That that's something they did a little bit. They got they got a little. And I I love it when it happens because it gets all like I don't know mushy and delicious. Oh, I think so too. Yeah, it kind of the flavor kind of blends in with everything. Yeah. yeah. So wow. So I think uh, we both uh, you know. We're big winners on this oatmeal challenge. Both meals sound delicious. We'll we'll have pictures of that online uh, on social media, as I mentioned. And thank yes. you for doing that breakfast uh, challenge with me. That was heck yeah, awesome. Now, Stephanie asked this: You are a person. I've discovered this when I was doing research on you for the show. Mm. Just you, mm-hmm. you know, you're a person who enjoys wearing a good hat and I love a and step-o. looks I love amazing it. when wearing hats, both both <laughs> TV, film, and also just in life. Life, uh, yeah, I love how, a hat. How do you decide? And by the way, there's going to be pictures of, of both of us wearing hats because we both love hats, and you know, we love hats. Uh, we'll we'll see who wore them better. <laughs> it's going to be Stephanie. Trust me. <laughs> it's gonna, spoiler alert: it's Stephanie. But I still like wearing the hats. Anyway, <laughs> how do you decide what kind of hats work for you? You have a couple of different types of hats. Yeah. Oh, so what hats work for me in life? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I guess it depends on um, where I'm going. I love a solid baseball cap for just going out to get groceries, going out on a run. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I got this hat recently at Target, oh. um, which Fancy. is a straw hat with just like a very simple black band on it. But it looks kind of like French, maybe almost like, like a gondolier hat. It's a little yeah. jaunty. Um, which I, I don't know. It has a certain, a certain je ne sais quoi Interesting. Uh, that I really enjoy. Um, those are my two, the, my two go-to styles right yeah. now. I like, I like a fedora, although I prefer a wider brim. I don't like the ones that, at least for me, that don't have much of a, a brim on them. I, I find that they don't, I don't know. They just don't work for me. Yeah. I won't do them. Yeah. I need a brim. Now, how do you get in all these projects where you actually are wearing hats on? They never ask me to wear a hat on set. What? Well, talk to them about that. You, <laughs> um, uh, 
I I I feel like I get cast um, in a lot of period pieces. I was gonna say, so yeah, so those um, tend like women tended to wear hats then. Um, so that counts for something. Um, and then, yeah, the, in Legion, I was a, a nurse in the in the forties, so I had a little nurse's cap. Yeah. On, um, I have one of those just for my personal life. Uh, no one needs to know. Oh, that, I mean, it's yeah, no just show. a that thing. Is, it's yeah. perfectly normal, guys. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think the the hats that I've worn in more modern pieces. Um, I guess it just had to do with the costume designer being um, a hat person. Yeah. So you got to luck luck into getting in onto those projects where the costume designer, I guess, um, loves a good a good chapeau. All my friends, they're all wearing hats on in movies on TV. They're all getting their heads cut off in movies. I don't get any of those things. Dang. <laughs> but you know what? We, all, I guess, I always say everyone gets. You know, everyone wants what they don't get. So yeah. <laughs> all yeah. actors want to be rock stars. All rock stars want to be actors. You know, that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, uh, as far as hats go, I wear a, have a bunch of ball caps. Mm-hmm. I have both the uh, the bent bill, which I think looks a little more natural on me. And then I, I, I can wear the flat bill sometimes. It just depends yeah. on what mood I'm in. Yeah. I do like those paper boy hats. Oh, yeah. That are usually like I mean, kind of like a houndstooth yeah, like pattern. Boy cap. Yeah. I like those. I like those too. Uh, you walk around St. Gavina a lot, you know, Gavina, and handing out yes. newspapers to people, you know, that they don't want them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All the news are fit to print. Gavina. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I do like those hats. I I actually like wearing fedoras too, but there's such a stigma for guys wearing hats now. Fedoras, gonna, you yeah, know. Yeah. I wish there wasn't. I do too. I do too. I love a gentleman in a hat. Yeah, I I uh, I actually discovered this in high school. I look really good in those like Indiana Jones type hats. <gasps> now, those are great hats. There's I, there's no I, situation in which I, it's appropriate for me to wear an Indiana Jones <laughs> hat in Los right. Angeles. I'm well, just saying. What? Go go to Hawaii and then you know you can. I feel like Indiana Jones types of hats this, are appropriate in Hawaii because you could be walking through the jungle. Yeah, you know. That's appropriate. To this wear magical place of Hawaii is starting to sound better and better to me, especially if it means I, I can wear more types of hats. You don't have to be places on time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, Stephanie Estes, it is now time for the popular segment, Breakfast Quick Bites. Breakfast Quick Bites. Quick Bites. Quick Bites. Breakfast Quick Bites. Breakfast, the most important meal of the day. Stephanie, you appear on a sci-fi show, Tales from the Loop. Mm. So what's the better type of sci-fi show? Escapism, like uh, Future Man or Back to the Future? Or mm-hmm. thought-provoking, like Black Mirror or Tales from the Loop? Uh, oh, my gosh. That's a hard one. I prefer thought-provoking. But I li- but I, I can't say bad things about escapism, too, because I, gosh, I love uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. That's one of my favorite movies. But I guess in a TV show, I, I, I lean towards the more thought-provoking okay. sci-fi. I accept that. Breakfast quick bite number two. Mm. You yes. grew up off the mainland in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what's the better Hawaiian meal? Loco moco or poke? Oh, my gosh. You're making <laughs> me choose? we got to choose. <laughs> the people oh. demand it. <laughs> oh, this is hard. Okay. I... Hmm. Oh, this is really hard. Okay, I go with poke. Okay. Because I think 
some, like if you get a really, really good bowl of poke, like fresh ahi with shoyu and the right type of, uh, it's mm, melts in your mouth. It is, yeah, you cannot go wrong. And, and, and it is, it's fresh. It's, I don't know. I, I, I also feel better about eating the, eating it as opposed to yeah, local. Yeah, I hear you. I, I it's, that's a little more hearty. Like, now, for someone, say, like, like some of our – so the biggest uh, country that listens to breakfast outside of the United States is Ireland. So if I'm somebody in Ireland and I don't know, what's loco moco? What's poke? Can you describe both of those dishes? Sure. So a poke is um, usually ahi, ahi tuna um, that is uh, raw and or like sushi grade ahi tuna and it's usually um coated in a sauce generally like a shoyu which is soy sauce and it has um green onions and other delicious spices so you would eat it either with some rice or just on its own mm-hmm. and loco moco is um if i remember correctly and you're gonna have to, it's um uh, a chicken katsu with eggs over it and gravy yeah it's definitely got gravy um, yeah and usually it comes with mac salad which is delicious yeah. um, i've seen it locally and, here uh instead of the chicken katsu it's like made out of just like salisbury steak loco moco oh, too yeah. <laughs> yeah you can do that too but it's definitely got the eggs and the gravy over it and it's usually over um sticky rice yeah well, I, mm. I love the versatility of poke uh, because you can add so many different things to it, so many different types of vegetables. Local moco is kind of is what it is. There's a couple variations, but yeah, poke. And there's a, you know, in Los Angeles, there's now a million poke places. Yes. You know, it was, yes. I feel like in the last five years, it's just been like, now there's one on every corner and that's probably because people like it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I accept that. Poke over local moco. Thank you for participating in our breakfast quick bites. Thank you. In the future, Stephanie, there will be a movie called The Stephanie Estes Story. Mm. Who's going to play you in that movie? So, okay. I think it's going to be me playing myself. But they're going to do some Benjamin Button, Mm -hmm. Irishman-style CGI on me. So I can, and it will have evolved to the point where I'll be able to play myself as a young child all the way up to... Wherever I, whatever age I'm at when this story or this film is made. Or I was thinking, you know, I read a, um, a piece recently where they're, uh, I was like, they're, they're doing a film and they want James Dean in it and they're recreating him with a computer. Uh, yeah, I, that kind of freaks me out to be honest with you. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. They already have those, uh, concerts where the people are like in holograms. Like yeah, uh, yeah. where they have holograms of people and that works to some extent, I guess. But yeah, I, I'd have to see it, I guess. Uh, but you playing yourself, uh, yeah. I accept that. It, it'd be like a, like, it'd be a new type of narrative film, half narrative, half documentary, right? Because it's actually me. Yeah, well, it, you, like look, my... you must be a lot more comfortable with yourself than I am because I would never want to play myself as a child. <laughs> that would freak <laughs> me out. I don't even know why. It just seems. <laughs> I would not want to do that. Uh, and, you know, uh, I could play myself as an old man. I'm kind of like that now. So, <laughs> well, I feel like it would be therapeutic to go back. It might. Or, or would it? I don't know. It might. Would it? 
All right. So if you would like to get more Brentfast content, such as bonus episodes, show promos, TV and film appearances, and other public events, such as pics and videos of Stephanie Estes and I doing our oatmeal challenge, there are several places you can go. You can go to the Brentfast page on Instagram, at Brentfast Podcast. You can go to my personal Instagram and Twitter accounts, at Scoops Pope. On Facebook, you can go to the Brentfest official page as well as the Brent Pope actor page. And the show itself is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and through the show website, brentfest.com. Thanks to your support, this show is growing constantly. We're now in all over the United States as well as 19 countries. Hello, Netherlands. Welcome to Brentfest. And those uh, countries are in five continents. So if you enjoy the show, please leave us reviews. Give us likes, share it around. Tell all your friends. It is so very appreciated. Stephanie Estes, what is next for you, and where can we find you on social media? What is next? Um, I uh, am working on a feature called Mind um, that, unfortunately, we had to stop shooting um, due to what's going on in the world, yep. but hopefully we'll be coming back to that. Um, I've got a um, 1950s uh, boxing movie that will come out hopefully later this year. Um, and a Western short film that's been kind of making uh, the festival rounds. It's called The Redeemer, and hopefully that will um, be made into a feature next year sometime. Excellent. Um, and my social media, um, uh, I'm on Instagram, at Stephanie Estes, Stephanie with an F, and then on Facebook, at Official Stephanie Estes. Excellent. Well, Stephanie, it's so nice getting to know you. Um, oh, it was so c- lovely. C- congrats. Had a great time. Oh, absolutely. I did too. Uh, c- congrats on Tales from the Loop. Thank and, you. And let's get an in-person uh, meal real soon. Oh, I would love that. We'll find we'll find a loco moco. Ooh, loco moco. And with that, we are at the end of another moco loco delicious episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope. Everyone stay safe. See ya. Bye.